welcome to another episode of the YPT podcast. Here with me today, we have two of YPT's young trustees, Rocky and Sophie. So welcome both of you to the show. Hi. 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 Okay. Okay. Well, first question for both of you. Um, how did you get involved with YPTE as a young trustee? So let's start with Rocky on that one. Um, so at our school, um, we had two former young trustees, um, Gemma and Amy, and they sent an email around to geography students asking if we would be interested in um, becoming part of the YPTE. Um, and yeah, Sophie and I applied um and sent in like a brief like description of ourselves and we attended the meeting as well um, cool so yeah that's how we got involved okay yeah so yeah sophie you went through the same process didn't you yeah it was the same so they just sent an email and then i inquired um one of them a bit more about it to find out some more information and then sent an email and then got an invite to the meeting which was really exciting Excellent. That's good. Yeah, it was, it was. it's great to have you both with us uh, as young trustees. Um, and uh, how long have you both been interested in the environment? Let's let's put that one to, to Rocky first. Um, I'd say probably since secondary school. Um, I'd always kind of been aware of like environmental issues, but only really um, started taking interest through like lessons um, as I got older. So I'd say probably when I was about like 12, 13 years old. Um, I started to become a lot more interested in ways that I could help, like on a personal level. Okay, brilliant. And what about you, Sophie? I would agree. I feel like um, in primary school, I would have been interested in it. But I feel like there's some sort of lack of um, teaching about that in primary school. Um, So I would agree with Rocky. And once we got to secondary school with sort of geography lessons and in PSHE learning about sort of the impacts on the environment that we cause um that's when i sort of first became interested in it okay okay so yeah both of you very much then a sort of a secondary thing if you like that you um you started to take that interest and maybe i think for a lot of young people it does happen as they get a bit older i mean for for me it was certainly i was quite a lot older before i i took a, a real interest but um was there any sort of a defining moment when you realized that taking care of our planet was a really important thing um i'll put that one to sophie first for a change um, I remember this lesson in geography where we learned about um, a little island called Kiribati and it was we were learning all about sort of how the rising sea levels were forcing um, the residents out of their out of their island and they had to move to Fiji or New Zealand and that really um, fascinated me and made me like become more interested in it um, and also Rocky and I attended um, this sort of expedition called World Challenge where we went to Malaysia and Borneo and I don't know if Rocky wants to talk about that so yeah but that also like um, sort of made me realise more like you could see the impacts firsthand when we went there. Sure okay and Rocky what about you? Yeah so I would as Sophie said I think World Challenge was definitely like the moment that kind of made me really like passionate about trying to help the environment because we volunteer a island um that um like focuses on turtle conservation and it was just like a really small beach but we were like cleaning up like immense amounts of rubbish every day and also helping turtles that have been like kind of caught in rubbish and like plastics so i think for me that made me really aware of 
plastic pollution and like um the ways that humans are impacting um other habitats of animals and also just human life as well okay so i think that was yeah well challenge was definitely it sounds like quite a major sort of experience to have, yeah. um, you know, being able to go to the other side of the world pretty much and, you know, get involved in something in a really hands on way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sounds pretty amazing. OK, brilliant. Um, I'm going to take you slightly away from that topic now, because I know that you're both really interested in the fashion industry and the role that it can play in terms of making the world a better place. So can you talk us through that a bit? Um, maybe Rocky to start with that one. Um, so yeah, I think as, as like being young people and teenagers, I think there's lots of a kind of pressure to um, kind of stay on trend, especially with clothing. And I think that on a young person's budget, it's quite difficult to to like be able to afford to keep up with trends all the time. So I think this is how like fast fashion has kind of arised, which is like constantly producing new clothes at a very low cost and I think that's very appealing to young people but there's lots of like environmental impacts around that and also like human rights issues as well um so I think that um I think Sophie wrote her EPQ about this so she probably knows a lot about how this has like impacted the world but I think yeah it's something that I'm definitely interested in personally trying to like change my shopping habits to be more environmentally friendly okay and, and sophie as as our sort of resident expert on this <laughs> um what have you got to add yes yeah, so i wrote my epq which is like a four thousand word essay on i actually wrote it on the social and economic impacts of fast fashion on bangladesh so it was quite specific um rather than sort of the environmental impact but i feel like um they're both still just as significant as each other um yeah, yeah. and I did research a bit about the environment and just facts like just on it takes just under 3000 litres of water to make one T-shirt. Stuff like that is just shocking. And I don't think people quite understand the extent to which it impacts the environment. Um, and so um, Rocky and I, I guess, both have like a passion for trying to reduce our um, consumption levels. And if we are consuming, doing it in a more sustainable manner. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is absolutely staggering when you look at some of the numbers around the fashion industry yeah. and you realize its impact i mean it's, it's something like one in six uh, uh, of the working adults in the world work somehow in the fashion industry yeah. and it's like yeah. the, the second biggest polluting industry as well on the planet um because of the sort of major impacts that it has so do you think there are any ways that the fashion industry can reduce its impact on the planet um let's start with um sophie on this one um i think Honestly, just I know sometimes it's difficult to sort of splurge on an item, but sometimes investing in better quality items and then rewearing them, repairing them if you can. And then also like selling it on. So then reusing, recycling it onto other people through um, charity shops, vintage shops, apps like Depop, Vinted, eBay um, are all really like ways of sort of reducing the impact of fast fashion. And I also think they're becoming more popular. Like I know a lot of people my age who prefer to shop from um, thrift shops or charity shops or from eBay, for example. So I think it's really um, we're taking a step, the right steps towards reducing the impact. Yeah. Yeah. And what about you, Rocky? Um, so, yeah, as you as you were saying before, both of my parents work in the fashion industry. So I've kind of been speaking to them a lot about this. And I think 
another really important thing in terms of like materials is um, trying to use materials that have been recycled. I know a lot of brands now are using a lot of like sustainable um, materials um, instead of like kind of really synthetic manufactured um, materials. And also in terms of packaging, lots of companies now you could opt in to have less packaging or even like biodegradable packaging, which I think is really good because there's lots of waste um, packaging and plastics that come with stuff you order online. And also when you're sourcing materials, um, you could choose a company that has more locally sourced materials because not only does that kind of support um, local economies and businesses, but also it helps with like transportation because a lot of the environmental impact associated with clothing comes from the transport that it takes to ship around materials and goods. So I think, yeah, just trying to, I think it does take a lot of research, but I think it does pay off if you if you are actually interested in helping the environment, I think it would be worth checking all of these things. Yeah, yeah, because I think, yeah, you, you end up with, you know, the, the, the cotton as the raw material perhaps being grown in one country, then being shipped halfway around the world to be processed and made into clothing, and yeah. then being shipped again halfway around the world to yeah. end up in the shops in you know somewhere like the UK or whatever. And it does seem a bit crazy that all of that happens. And maybe, yeah, if we could start sort of shortening those journeys by considerable amounts, it would really help to, to reduce the fashion industry's um, impact. So what advice do you have? I think Sophie's sort of covered this a little bit anyway, but what sort of advice do you have for young people on how you can avoid fashion, um, fast fashion and uh, and still manage to wear really great clothes? Yeah, as Sophie said before, there's lots of different apps such as like Depop and eBay where you can kind of sell your own clothes um, or like your old clothes and purchase like other other people's old clothes, I guess, mm-hmm. um, which kind of, yeah, and charity shops as well. I think um, and trying to avoid brand new, brand new clothing is great or even re-wearing we yeah rewearing your clothes um as much as you can so you're just buying less less yeah yeah i find i'm quite good at that i tend to get stuck in about three three items of clothing most yeah. of the time <laughs> they do get washed in between but um yeah i do find that generally i'll have one or two things that i really like wearing and i end up doing that lots it's a bit like my kids really they do much the same but they're a yeah. lot younger than me and i should have grown up but anyway it's just the way it is <laughs> um so uh, <laughs> um Okay, we're going to slightly switch topics now and think about your lives a bit and how you've um, maybe made some changes in your own life to try and reduce your environmental footprints. So let's start with Sophie on this one. What sort of changes do you think you've made um, to kind of try and cut down a little on your impacts? Um, Well, I used to get the bus to school, but now, like, especially since lockdown, especially last lockdown when the weather was much nicer like I've loved walking and I've really got into walking basically everywhere um and so that's something I really enjoy and I think although it's small like if everyone took a small step then it would just contribute to like a greater greater good um and also um this is sort of the same topic the same fast fashion topic but um I order a lot of clothes from like online some not a lot but I order clothes online and then I reuse that packaging um, as much as possible to then sell off the clothes that I'm selling from Depop. So I think a lot of people sort of just rip open their bags and throw them in the bin. But if you 
think about it it's just you can just stick the label over the front and then reuse it and recycle it yeah and you you do quite a lot of recycling of your own clothes as well as in the things that you've decided you don't want anymore for whatever reason you then yeah. sell them on do you on sites like depop or whatever yeah yeah and you can sell them for pretty good prices as well so yeah if you're not going to wear them anymore then i would just suggest selling them and someone else can reuse them yeah okay that sounds like good advice i was talking to someone um last week about um these sort of percentages of clothes that you know are sent to charity shops but actually end up being sold and there's there's quite a fall off um between the amount that goes to a charity shop and the amount that actually gets sold in the end which is which is quite interesting um and um sorry rocky what what about you what what steps have you taken do you think to reduce your environmental footprint um i think one of my like latest like a great investment that I think has probably just a little, like helped a little bit towards the environment, I think would be investing in um, a reusable face mask. Um, because there's, I just see like when I'm walking around my local area, there's so many like, um, like single use masks just on the floor, discarded. Um, no one's picking them up. And I think that they're just going to end up, yeah, damaging the ocean. So I've tried to use a reusable mask, which I wash at the end of every week. Um, and also, it's really good for your skin and it's great for the environment. So I think that's just one way that I've tried to help my my waste reduction, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. Cause, minimize, yeah. Yeah, I think around COVID, there's going to be an, well, there already is an awful mountain of yeah. new waste that perhaps wouldn't have been there before. And I'm just wondering about this sort of the COVID test kits now that they're giving out in the absolute millions, um, mm -hmm. because there doesn't appear to be anything recyclable about those little yeah. plastic bits. Um, yeah. And they're all going to end up um, in some giant landfill somewhere at some point, which is yeah. quite a scary thought in itself, really, the amount of that waste that there is. And then, yeah, when you add in all the, the face masks, the gloves and everything else, it really has had an absolutely yeah. huge impact on the planet in all sorts of ways um okay favorite eco hero and why um so let's go first to sophie for this one um i feel like a lot of people have the same and it's i would say it's david attenborough but i'm gonna stray away from that because i feel like a lot of people have, would say him um but obviously yeah um, but obviously him yeah but but otherwise yeah. he would be the main one but um <laughs> yeah. there's something called livia first um that's yeah and she did this fashion show at our school but we had to make like clothes out of trash or like uh, rubbish and yeah, yeah. Them recycle them and turn them into items of clothing and after we did that that was about sort of five years ago I like sort of looked into her a bit more and I found out that she has dressed like about 300 Hollywood stars in sustainable recycled like sustainable clothing for red carpets and stuff and I found that really interesting. And she has written like loads of blogs about it. And yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that's amazing. Okay. And yeah, I didn't realise that. She's Colin First's wife, is she not? Is that right? Uh, Ex-wife. I think they oh, divorced recently. So okay. I'm not sure what didn't know that. <laughs> <Yeah>. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll be keeping up with this more, obviously. But presumably the, the, the outfits weren't sort of, you know, the, the typical trash and kind no. of, um, yeah. you know, bin bags and things with armholes. Um, presumably it was, you know, something that's really looking quite cool and, um, and exciting. 
Um, yeah, I think I think Emma Watson or someone was wearing like a dress made of plastic bottles. Um, wow. Because obviously on like a red carpet, there's loads of media coverage. Yeah, and completely. So she really wanted to like promote the message um, through that. Brilliant. No, that's 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 a really interesting one. Um, mm. And uh, well done, Olivia Firth. Um, <laughs> and um, and Rocky, your eco hero, and why? Um, I'd say Mary Robinson. Um, okay. Who was. Um, uh, Irish politician but now does a lot in terms of like um, human rights and because I read her book Climate Justice um, which is about how she kind of went to um, less developed countries and um, focus on educating women in local communities about ways they can help the environment and I think that was quite like inspiring for me not only in terms of helping the planet but also um educating women and giving them the tools to to like better the planet because these women are otherwise uneducated and don't have a lot to do with their lives like they're very disadvantaged so I think by educating them and helping the planet it's like a win-win um and yeah I think that was yeah a really she's very inspirational to me that's brilliant. And again, someone who I'd not really considered particularly as being um, a, a, an eco hero, but definitely very much in the frame, I think, there um, yeah. with um, the, you know, the, the actions that she's taken. I think that's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Brilliant. OK, this one can go away from the environment, if you like, um, and can be a bit more general. But who is your biggest inspiration? Um, and let's go Rocky first on this one. I always struggle with this question because <laughs> I couldn't name one person that I find inspiring. Um, but I think just in general, people that inspire me would be those who are like really close to me. So like my parents and also just school teachers, because I think that the way that they, that they like advise me and like kind of, yeah, like I'm kind of inspired by people around me. So I guess with my parents, with them working in the fashion industry, I think that's fueled a passion for me to um, be very interested in clothing and also the environment. And then teachers at school, I think um, I love the way that they're so passionate about subjects and the way that they want to help us as students kind of better themselves, which I guess um, kind of inspired me to become part of the YPTE and use my knowledge to help other people. That's brilliant. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I li like that. I, I think, you know, um, one of our young trustees in the previous episode uh, was talking about somebody who, in fact, everybody, I think, who's talked about the biggest inspiration. It's not been somebody particularly famous or anything like that. It's people that have had an impact for other reasons. And I think that's that's really, really good. And what about you, Sophie? Your biggest inspiration? Um, I would agree with Rocky, but um, one like celebrity who... I recently like found out more about is Shakira. Um, she's okay. like one of the like biggest pop stars, and she's actually um, does loads of like um, charity work. Like she she's from Colombia, and she sort of helps feed like so many um, Colombian children who are like at a disadvantage, um, an economic disadvantage. And yeah, I found out that she is like part of so many charities, and she does a lot to help. So I thought that was quite inspiring because she's like such a big um a big name in like the world 
but she still makes time to do all of that. Yeah, no, that, that's that's um, again something that I wasn't aware of um, about her. Um, but you know, <laughs> don't have huge knowledge of Shakira to be honest. But um, <laughs> do like a few of her songs. Um, but that's really yeah. cool that she does all of that as well. Um, it's great to know that she's you know doing something to give back um, for all the the success and yeah. um, you know what's what's gone with it. So that's that's brilliant. Um, okay, back to the environment. Uh, what do you think is the biggest challenge facing future generations and that you can include your own generation? Um, so let's go um, Rocky first on that one. Um, I think one of the biggest challenges today would be around like overcrowding and like a rising population, which I guess would have kind of take a toll on our resources and like our consumption and waste production. So I think in the future, it's going to be quite difficult for our generation to to manage our space efficiently in the sense that how are we going to fit the whole population and how are we going to kind of live sustainably um, to ensure that we're not just kind of polluting the planet. And yeah, I think overcrowding is a big issue that we're going yeah. to have to tackle. I think, yeah, Um that sort of the population and and the way it's projected to grow by 2100 is definitely going to be a massive challenge for humanity to try and deal with um because you know we're looking at extra billions of people coming onto Mm. the planet by that stage and you know we we kind of struggle with the number we've got now and what we sort of throw away and and exploit from the planet each year so how's that going to work out when we've got billions of extras on the planet as well it is going to be a major challenge and what do you think sophie the biggest challenge facing your generation and those in the future um i would say like mitigating the further impacts of climate change um because that is sort of it's sort of down to our generation i would say um because um we're the ones who are going to feel who are going to be most affected by it um and as Rocky said like managing resources in order to um sort of prevent any further damage from happening obviously to correct what's been damaged but also to mitigate any um like further harm um is something really important that we need to focus on yeah i think you know climate change is is one of the absolute massive ones at the moment that is um you know hopefully a global focus with um cop 26 coming up soon um and everybody's mind sort of turning to that and the government's actually having to make proper firm commitments as to how they're going to make a difference um for the future because you know it's it's absolutely vital at this stage we're in a at a crucial point where if we don't make changes very soon it's going to be very very difficult to pull things back um so yeah i completely agree with you on that one it's going to be uh, a really difficult one so now that brings on some um complicated questions for both of you because you've done different you've given different answers there and rocky how do you think we tackle the issue of of overpopulation what what do you think we can do about it um i think the probably the most obvious answer would be try and reduce birth rates which is quite hard to do on a large scale but I guess a lot of that lies with kind of educating um, women in less developed countries um, perhaps to do with um, maybe contraception but there's also been lots of statistics about um, getting more women into the world of work which is um, 
proved to be quite effective in declining birth rates. So I think that would be a great way to kind of control the population growth, I guess. But in terms of like waste um, and already dealing with the issues that we have to face with a large population, perhaps um, a focus on like recycling and just um, implementing more ways in which our packaging can be reduced and more like sustainable and eco-friendly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that that's definitely going to be one of the things. I mean, I, I received something today, a delivery, and I was quite impressed. Um, pair of shoes, 50% recycled, by the way. Um, but they came literally in a bag, and that was it. Now, the downside was that bag was plastic, um, <laughs> which wasn't so great. Um, but there was no you know, big box or anything else mm -hmm. that came with it. It was just literally the shoes in a bag. And I thought, yeah. well, that's, you know, if they could get the bag right and maybe have a cardboard one or something like that, then that's exactly what we want for the future in terms of packaging because those boxes just get the moment you've got these shoes those they get thrown away don't they um once you've tried the shoes on and you know they're okay so things like that can make a difference i think um and you know it's like that saying you know it's, it's only one toothbrush said eight eight billion people um it's that kind of thing that all of those plastic bags that people buy around the world or whatever it is the cardboard boxes they all make a difference and if we can cut that down so much the better and sophie sorry you've got the bigger challenge because probably because you're looking at climate change and how do you think we can tackle that one <laughs> yeah it's difficult um but i think obviously like governmental or international cooperation which i think is definitely being aided by um globalization um is obviously a very effective way such as with all the climate agreements um however i also think more sort of grassroots strategies or like bottom-up strategies and starting at um, individual actions is also like really important because sometimes it can be difficult to regulate or moderate um, any sort of laws for example that have been set um, such as like carbon credits I don't know if you've heard of that but yeah um, yeah it's a very difficult question <laughs> yeah it is i mean i think one of the things that we quite like doing with ypte is being able to tell young people about the small things that they as individuals can do to start making a difference obviously appreciating the fact that it's not actually going to fix the the big stuff completely but it at least it at least gives young people the chance to start with you know making a difference in a small way and again it's that same thing you know if you've got millions of people making that small difference it actually adds up to a really big difference um and that's the sort of thing but i i completely agree with you that it's actions at government level that's going to make the difference and i think you know one thing that covid has taught us is that the world can actually unite if there is a problem that is perceived as being a kind of a common threat to the planet then the world can unite around finding a solution and we've actually managed that remarkably quickly with covid mm. um and i think what there needs to be is the realization that actually climate change is that big threat as well it might seem like it's a few years away into the future yet but it's something we need to be dealing with now and if we can manage to get to the point where the world agrees that yeah it is a really big problem and we need to start fixing it right now um goodness we we could really make a massive impact very quickly um so the big question is can that happen i guess yeah. so um, grace hopes for the future as well what's it what's your greatest hope sophie for the future um 
I think obviously there's a lot of challenges that come along with it, but technological improvements and innovation um, and also just like new ideas, um, new ways of thinking that differ from sort of the um, sort of the norms, I guess. Um, like I read this book by um, a woman called Kate and she spoke about a donut model, which is just like a different way of thinking about um, sort of it's like a sustainable um, framework, I guess. And I found that really interesting. It's just um, innovation um, and moving away from sort of normal. Um... <laughs> it's kind of the way that our economy works now and that all the norms around society. And this is Kate Howarth, I believe her name is. Isn't uh, it? Um, Kate Ray It is Raworth, is, is it? Yeah. Um, who wrote, um, yeah, Donut Economics. It's a really, really interesting book. And the, the idea of um, a society which which is based around uh, you know at the moment we have this sort of GDP um, the um, demographic um, product each year as being the most important thing um, and that's the focus making sure GDP continues to grow um, and if we can get round to an economy where it's more about the people being able to thrive irrespective of what what's happening with the economy rather than it being the economy having to thrive regardless of what's happening to the people within that economy um we'll be in a much much better place so that's yeah i mean it's a huge shift to make and it's something that i think you know it's going to require an awful lot of people wanting to do it um and i think we're a way off that at the moment but that is the way i think that you know there's there's a logical way forward for humanity that way um yeah. and otherwise you know with the billions of extra people and everything else you just can't keep growing your economy forever and ever exploiting more and more and not have it all go wrong um so yeah that's that's quite quite a big hope for the future that we can get that to work uh, and rocky what about you your greatest hope um i would say yeah it's kind of similar to sophie's in that i think um one of my greatest hopes for the future would be instead of kind of finding new solutions I think like to climate change and kind of like instead of like introducing new ways I think kind of fixing what we already have um, for example kind of improving today's cities and making them become more eco-friendly instead of um, creating new like eco cities um, because obviously that would require like um, more space, more resources, and a lot more like funding. Um, for example, there's a city in Brazil called Curitiba, um, which is kind of been named one of the most eco-friendly cities in the world because of that. They have like a great public transport system, a great um, waste disposal system. And I think that a lot of cities today could kind of take inspiration from them. And I think my greatest hope for the future would be to have more cities like Curitiba in the world, because um, I think that would have a positive impact on the planet. Right. So, yeah, having more and more sustainable cities. Yeah. Um, and because, of course, they're becoming uh, they've always been the places where most people flock to. But they, the, the proportion of people living in cities now, as opposed to in the countryside, is really, really high. Yeah. Um, and so you can see that 
it makes logical sense that um, making those cities as sustainable as possible for the future is definitely going to be something that is really important and something that needs consideration really right now. Um, OK, right. Trivial questions now, possibly, um, but hopefully a bit of fun with this one. Um, so we'll start with Rocky on this and it's your favourite animal and why? Uh, so recently I watched a documentary about about the octopus. Um, Is this which, my octopus teacher? Uh, no, it's no? not that okay. one. Okay, all right, I've watched, good. I've watched like quite a few random ones on YouTube. If you literally type in octopus documentary, you can find loads. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I just think they're fascinating. Um, they, I think they're quite underrated. Like you, a lot of the stuff that I've learned from these documentaries is not like something that I knew before so I knew that they could like squirt ink but I didn't actually realize that they're actually very fast their brain is almost the size of a human brain um and they have yeah a great memory um and they're what what's it called I can't remember what it's called but if they lose a limb they can grow it back straight away um and yeah they're camouflage like they can camouflage in under under a second, which I think is like their whole body can just change colour. Um, so I think they've got a lot of a lot of um, what's it called characteristics um, that are suited to like adapt their surroundings and environment, which not many people know about. No, that's uh, um, it. So wouldn't I think have octopus is really <laughs> yeah very yeah. interesting animal. <laughs> Okay, it wouldn't have sprung to my mind as being one of those sort of obvious favourites, but you've just made a very good case, actually, for them. Thank you. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, they've got, yeah, a lot of really interesting features about them, haven't they? Um, yeah. What about you, Sophie? I mean, yeah, I can't see one as a pet, mind you, but... Um, no, maybe, uh, oh, I, probably not, I wouldn't. Not, probably wouldn't want to cuddle, would you? Um, with an octopus, <laughs> wouldn't really work out well, I don't think. But um, Sophie, what about you? What are your favourite animal and why? Um, mine's also a marine species, and I would say it's the whale shark. Um, it's the largest okay. shark and also the largest fish in the world. Um, but they're really gentle. Like I went swimming with them um, on holiday once, and they're just very majestic. They're like huge, but they they're very gentle. I guess they're not um, carnivores because otherwise that would have been a bit dangerous. But um, yeah, I would say that. Okay. Well, that's that's two really interesting um, favourite animals, actually. I, I like both of those a lot. Um, okay, so moving on from that one, um, your favourite place in the world and why? Um, so let's go to um, Rocky with this one first. Um, I'd say my favourite place in the world. I have two. Okay, so go on. Can I, can I yeah, you? yeah, we'll let you cheat. Um, thank you. So <laughs> London, for sure, would definitely be one of my favourite places in the world only because I've grown up here my whole life and I think just like the the diverse culture and also like the different like outdoor spaces and buildings I just think it's so like interesting and there's always something new to discover even though I've been living here for like 18 years um and then um kind of a different like environment would be in Crete I've been going there for um I think 15 years I go there every year and um i think like there's like a lot of history on the island and like the minoan um Mm -hmm. ruins um but also just like the landscape is like really nice it's very mountainous 
um and they have actually like peaks with snow which most people don't know about um and i just like how the island is it's very like untouched i guess um like there's a lot of like old villages that have been completely like um what's the word um they're like unconnected from um what's going on in the world and i think it's a really nice escape from and contrast from london i guess brilliant i like Which that a lot. Nice. yeah yeah excellent um yeah i can't say i've ever been to crete um but it sounds really lovely um yeah yeah you should brilliant. go <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay maybe i haven't flown since 2003 so it might be difficult to get there it's a, it's a long overland trip i reckon um and then a boat at some point don't mind boats but don't like flying very much um sophie what about you your favorite place in the world and why I also love London, of course, but um, course. I would say Chile. I went there okay. two years ago, I think, um, and the like actual landscape itself is so diverse. Like, there's a desert in the north, and then in the south, it's like there's glaciers and just like mountains, um, and then in the middle, there's the capital city, Santiago, which is obviously like a metropolitan. Like, it's like um, super busy, and yeah, the diversity of the landscape really interested me and. Um, also the people there were so nice um, I I do a bit of Spanish so it was lovely to like talk to them all um, and yeah I love Chile okay brilliant um, so do you have any advice for young people who are wanting to help make the world a better place um, we'll start there with Sophie on this one um, as I sort of mentioned earlier I would say um, don't be afraid to just sort of do start with short-term aims or just like smaller aims um for example just like not eating meat one day of the week um because each action has um has a huge impact on the environment and also just educating yourself um and also others like um spreading your knowledge and your awareness to other people can be really beneficial as well even though it might seem small Okay, yes, yeah, so small steps um, is a, yeah. a recommendation. And I think that that's a good one because from those small steps, you get more. Um, yeah. And Rocky, what about you? Your recommendations for young people wanting to make a difference? Yeah, I would definitely agree with Sophie. I think it can be quite overwhelming um, for a young person to know where to start if you're interested in, in helping the environment. Um, so I'd say, yeah, just small actions that you could, instead of having a bath, you could have like a quick shower, um remembering to like turn off the lights when you leave rooms um even just walking to school um or walking half the way can reduce a lot of like um carbon emissions um and yeah just avoiding red meat if you can and just little things like that which i've been doing and i've been encouraging other people around me to do the same um so i think yeah that's a great way to to start and also even just you could contact environmental charities like YPTE or others to see if they, if you can get on board with like their various schemes if you wanted to take it that step further. Brilliant. Yeah. I mean, uh, you've both experienced being young trustees of YPTE. Um, do you have any recommendations for, <laughs> for other young people who might want to get involved? Yeah, definitely. I think just go for it. Um, it's like a really good experience, not only just to be part of, um, helping like towards a greater objective but also just to see the sort of logistical side of what um, a charity does especially 
when you're a young person I guess um it's just it's all new to you and it's actually really interesting and will definitely help you in like your later um experiences excellent what do you think Rocky yeah I was gonna say I think um being on the YPT YPTE um <laughs> sorry as as like providers especially Sophie and I with like a really good op- opportunity is like we went to the um what was it the teach the future campaign yeah yeah that's um, right in parliament which is where a group of young people try to pass a bill to get climate education um part of primary school education like the primary school curriculum yeah, yeah. um and I think even just um you could there were lots of organizations that were working together on that um I can't remember them off the top of my head but (laughs) there's like a lot of I think that if you do if you research there's a lot of um things like that that you can become part of and they're also welcoming to young people um because I think everyone has the same objective at the end of the day which is to help the environment so as long as you're on board with that I think there's plenty of things that you could do yeah brilliant i completely agree there are lots and lots of different opportunities um for doing something to help and fortunately there seem to be lots more young people who are really interested in doing that as well um i think there's a greater realization of of what we're facing um and as a result young people are much more keen to be involved and want to actually actively make that difference well it's been absolutely brilliant talking to you both um this afternoon so thank you both very much for being here and um hopefully see you again soon thanks very much rocky and sophie bye to find out more please visit ypte.org.uk you can email us at info at ypte.org.uk you can follow us on twitter at ypte or on facebook on instagram at we are ypte thank you for listening